Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that's all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single week with all the awesome that you need to know. You can also find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 143 of Sorta Awesome, and this week I want to give a big wave and a happy hello to all of you, all 4,500 of you who are members of our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. Woohoo! I know! It's so many people! You guys have really turned up the dial on the awesome that you're providing for each other. You guys are so generous with all of the awesome, the recommendations, the advice giving, all of it. It is such an amazing place to just cool your heels in the craziness of this world right now. So if you have found that you have really found your fit in the Hangout community, we sure would love for you to give back to the Sorta Awesome community by becoming a listener supporter. Our listener supporters get access to all of those episodes that are filled with things we would never say out loud on our Friday episodes. And you get access to our exclusive Facebook group that we created just for our supporters. And you can do that by going to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash support. Okay, this is episode 143 of Sorta Awesome. I am joined today by my very dear friend and my very funny co-host, Rebecca Hoffer of simplyrebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. Hi, Meg. Happy to be here. I know it. So, you know, we just wrapped up the month of April, which I'm sorry. How is that possible? <laughs> April felt like the crazy shortest month to me. Was it short to you? Uh, no, it was like insane long. So I'm having oh, the opposite feelings as know. you. <laughs> okay. Well, for better or worse, April of 2018 is in the books. But Throughout that month, we were talking on the show all about celebrations as we celebrated Sorta Awesome's third birthday. But there is one part of celebrating that we didn't quite get to, and we wanted to make sure we really took some time to talk about this with you guys. And that thing that we did not talk about is the whole thing of gifts, gift giving, gift receiving. It should be so fun. And yet, Rebecca... And yet... Uh, why is it not? <laughs> it's just not. Why? why is it so hard? Why is it so stressful? So many angst, so many woes. Uh, yes. Okay, so Rebecca and I have been working really hard at listening to some of the things that you all have shared with us that you struggle with when it comes to gifts and giving gifts, giving, receiving, all the things of gifts. And so we have some ways that we think, I mean, we're certainly not experts, but maybe we can troubleshoot this just a little bit to help a tiny bit of relieving some of the gift-giving angst. But before we get to all of that, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our Awesomes of the Week, that moment in the show every single week when we share with you the books, TV, movies, podcasts, recipes, whatever it is that's coming into our life and bringing the awesome right now. So Rebecca, why don't you go ahead and kick things off? Well, I believe that Kelly my fellow co-host, seems to have, you know, kind of claimed the food territory. You know, she's known for her recipes, right? Well, okay, I might not be known for my recipes, but I think I might just be known for my ice cream recommendations. (laughs) 
Yes, yes, that's so true. You are always enabling us in our ice cream ways, for sure. Hello, Ben and Jerry's Tonight Dough. <laughs> I see you, Dairy Queen's Pumpkin Pie Blizzards. That's right. I, yeah. I know good ice cream. And yeah. I have another one for you. And it's in your freezer section at your grocery store. There's an awesome right now listening at the grocery store. I'm talking you to you. You know there is. Yes, there is. Yes. This moment is why I was created <laughs> to steer your cart towards this. Don't leave the store without it. Okay. It is Hagen dasses ice cream bars. Oh, They are amazing. Yeah. They are okay. a grown-up ice cream bar. Okay. Only three come in a pack, which is good because otherwise, I mean. <laughs> it could be a big problem. Yes, it could be a big problem. So I discovered these at my discount grocery store. And I'm so mad at myself that I only bought one box. But I was like, well, maybe they're not that good. Oh, Meg, they're that good. So the kind that I got from the discount grocery store was chocolate, dark chocolate, almond. And Mm. that means it has chocolate ice cream, a dark chocolate coating on the outside, which is thick, good quality dark chocolate. And then almond chunks crushed into the chocolate bar. Amazing. Yep. That sounds, I mean, like, how could you go wrong with any of those things, really? No, you really can't. And then I went because I was like, well, now, like, I'm screwed and I have to have this in my life consistently. (laughs) I went to my regular grocery store to get more and they didn't have that kind. So I I picked up a different one. And Meg, I think this one's even better. What? This one is coconut dark chocolate caramel ice cream bars. Oh, wow. You have coconut ice cream. You have dark chocolate on the outside with chunks of flaked coconut in with the chocolate and then a caramel swirl throughout the coconut ice cream. Oh, my word. It's so good. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This definitely sounds like the kind of treat that you have for your own self after you tuck the kids into bed. Oh, 100%. Totally adult ice cream. Don't share this at all. It's it don't don't waste it on the simple <laughs> palate of a child. <laughs> don't you dare. Okay, that sounds amazing. So we're we're thinking probably available at anybody's local grocery. I mean, Hagen Dazs is pretty well. Yeah, or you, you need know, to move. Pretty widely I available. mean, like burn down the house and start somewhere else. <laughs> it's worth it. It's all worth it. Okay, what's your uh, awesome of the week? Okay, believe it or not, I also brought food. Hey, Kelly, Is we're coming crazy? for you. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, neither of us brought super healthy things is the thing. Kelly always shows up and she's like, I've got these healthy oatmeal banana deliciousness. It's packed with protein. Well, and- you know, even Kelly yeah. has her flaws. We can't fault her for, for that. <laughs> does she? Does she? <laughs> okay. So I do have a recipe, you guys. It's a chicken recipe. Hold on to yourselves because chicken is happening in our house. I'm sorry. What? I need a moment. (laughs) This might be the biggest transformation ever. Out of all of the things, of all of the ways that Sorta Awesome has affected people and changed their lives. And, you know, I say that humbly. Like, it's really amazing. We've gotten some amazing feedback. But the fact that Meg Teets is purchasing and cooking with raw chicken I With raw mean, chicken. Yep. I failed to make words. <laughs> Tell me about this recipe. Well, first of all, you are so right. The awesomes were the wind beneath my wings and lifting me up to a higher place where I could see that, yes, maybe I could purchase and even touch to prepare raw chicken. Now, I obviously still don't love touching it and smelling it, but for some reason, I don't know, it's part of my chicken neurosis. Chicken thighs don't seem to bother me as much as other chicken parts. So whatever. You're giving me a skeptical look. I can't explain it. I don't know. Okay. Just trust me on that. So I've been using a lot of chicken thigh recipes. This one's called Mississippi Chicken Thighs, and it is a crock pot recipe. So this is even better for the chicken averse like me because there's very minimal chicken handling in this recipe. True. Perfect. And I am all about the crock pot these days because we are just, you know, we're going into the busy season. Hello, we're in May. It's the last month of school for our kids. 
having four kids in school, the end of the school year stuff, it's just super out of control. So I'm all about the crock pot. Now, I have not yet gotten on the Instapot train. I'm afraid if we tried to cram just like one more appliance or one more gadget into our kitchen, I would have to somehow summon Molly Weasley to come and work some kitchen magic to extend my kitchen, make everything find a place. Now, Rebecca, that was a Harry Potter joke. I know you don't. I, yeah, I just <laughs> nodded along. Like in my head, I was like, I have no idea who she's talking about. I thought it was some organizing guru. I didn't know. <laughs> I really thought, oh, this is like somebody who's like a professional organizer. <laughs> well, she is because she's magic and she has a magic wand and she can magically extend her kitchen and make okay. things fit. Yeah. And do all the cooking that way, too. I was picturing Fixer okay. Upper. This is not where you were going. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I just got to get to the recipe. So it's so fast to prep it. You cannot believe it. And now again, it's not super healthy because you do have some sauce mixes going on and those are probably packed with preservatives, but whatever, I'm cooking chicken. So we're just going to take it. So you, you get your boneless, skinless chicken thighs. You put them in the crock pot. Over the top of the chicken, you're going to sprinkle a packet of gravy mix or au jus mix if you're fancy. Just that brown gravy mix, you sprinkle it over the top. Then, and I think this is where the Mississippi part comes in, you get a packet of ranch dressing mix, the dry mix. You sprinkle that over the top. You take a half of a stick of butter, cut it down into squares, sprinkle those over. You put six pepperoncini peppers on top of that. Put your lid on, cook it on low for about five hours. I've even let it go for six hours. It's very forgiving. And at the end of the day, Rebecca, what you have is chicken that is so juicy it's so easy to shred. I mean, we just eat it straight with vegetables on this side, but you could easily put it into like, I don't know, chicken sandwiches, or you could do all kinds of things with it. It's so yummy. Now, I like to get a lot of chicken thighs like at Sam's or somewhere because we have a lot of people to feed. This goes so fast. We have never had leftovers of this. In fact, the last time I made this, Mac, one of our five-year-old twins, had three servings of it. Three, Rebecca. Well, it's the scarcity. They think they're never going to have chicken again, so they have to eat all of it served to them. You are probably not wrong about that. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm telling you, this is so fast. And this is another recipe that honestly, we talk from time to time about dishes that you can put together pretty quickly if you're taking a meal to somebody, either for they have a new baby or there was a death in the family, something that you don't have to think about a lot. This would be super fast and easy to do with, again, just we do like, we do mashed cauliflower, maybe some zucchini on the side, whatever. But this makes a lot. It's so easy. It's Mississippi chicken thighs. I forgot to tell you, it's from the website Recipes That Crock, which I love that site. They have a ton of great stuff. And definitely there'll be a link in the show notes for this. So Now, what was the pepper that goes on top? Is it a spicy? Um, What kind of pepper was that? I call them pepperoncinis. I don't know. Maybe they're pepperoncinis. They're sort of like an Italian sweet pepper. They have a little, little tiny bit of heat, but just enough to give a little bit of zing to that gravy because between the gravy mix and the ranch and the butter and then the chicken juices, it makes a delicious gravy that goes with it. And the peppers just give a little bit of extra layer of flavor there. So, but definitely, again, my five-year-olds eat this and do not think it's like hot. The gravy isn't spicy or anything. So kids will totally eat it as well. So yeah, so those are our awesomes of the week this week, you guys. Every single Friday over in the Sort of Awesome Hangout group on Facebook, we open up the floor for you all to share with us about all the awesome that's happening in your life right now. And if you haven't joined us over there, you can do that by going to facebook.com slash groups slash Sort of Awesome Hangout. Hey, awesomes, listen, if you need new window treatments, whether you want to put in blinds, shades, drapes, shutters, you need to contact Smith & Noble. Smith & Noble has covered over 8 million windows nationwide. They are the custom window experts, and they will transform your windows within your budget and without any hassle. The entire team at Smith & Noble is committed to quality and making sure that you have the best experience with them and with covering your windows from start to finish. So you can have so much fun creating a look that you will love and you get to pick from their extensive collection of handcrafted blinds, shades, drapes, and shutters. And if you need any advice or any guidance as you're making these decisions, they have a free design consultation with you in your home or over the phone. Once you've done that, you just 
just sit back and let Smith & Noble take care of the rest. Their experts will measure for free, so you don't even have to worry about making any mistakes on your measurements. And they also offer professional installation for a guaranteed perfect fit, or they will make it right at no cost to you. Great news, they are giving you, the awesomes, this fantastic limited time offer to get you started. For 25% off of your Smith & Noble window treatments, go to smithandnoble.com awesome. So for all of the details on this amazing offer, go to smithandnoble.com awesome. Remember, it's a limited time that they are offering this to the awesome. So you want to go to smithandnoble.com awesome. Thank you, Smith and Noble. Okay, well, like I said at the top of the show, April was all about celebrations. And in the month of May, we're going to be really turning our focus towards all things family life. And honestly, one of the kind of hidden pitfalls of family life, I think, happen around times of celebration, gift giving occasions, whether it's birthdays or holidays. Anywhere where we have an expectation about gifts and giving can sometimes lead to gift disappointment. Rebecca asked in our Hangout group, hey guys, do y'all ever have any issues with gift giving, gift receiving? Over 200 comments later. My phone was blowing up. I mean, the notifications were out of control. So many opinions. And like basically any area where somebody could have any variation on gift giving was stressful to somebody not having a list having a list you know like just all of the options were stressful to somebody it's so true and i think that that's because i mean truly we have these occasions and all of us bring our own set of expectations to the table it's going to be influenced by so many things certainly by like personality and preference but also our families of origin you know our current financial circumstances if you're in a tough and tight spot for a while then there's going to be some extra tender feelings, I think, or maybe extra awkward feelings about gift-giving occasions. It's just so fraught. Like every part of it is so fraught with all of these feelings. So Rebecca, I thought we could start out by saying we are right there. We empathize with you guys and that we have our gift-giving woes too. Can you think of some examples from your life, Rebecca, where gift-giving has maybe gone a little wrong? Oh, honey, (laughs) do I have some examples? (laughs) So my first Christmas with my beloved husband, these stories are shared with his permission. First Christmas, we're like, wow, okay, let's exchange gifts. Oh, this is going to be fun. Well, what should we do? Maybe should we set a budget? That seems responsible. So we set a budget and there we were opening gifts for our first Christmas together. And I open up a amount of gifts that seemed like it was probably, you know, equal to the budget. And then he pulls out another one. And it's a diamond necklace that's also equal to the amount of the budget. (gasps) Oh, no. Oh, Nate. Bless your sweetheart. I I was so upset. (laughs) Which is not the reaction that he was expecting. I was like, no. I was like, wait a minute. We had an agreement here. Like, what? Why did we even set a budget? I don't understand. And part of it was the finances of it was like, well, hey, now. Let's be responsible. Like, that's why we set the budget. We don't need to. It doesn't make me feel good for you to blow our budget. Like, it's our budget. Blow it on me. Like, that doesn't make me feel good. But also, too, like, well, the expectation of it. Like, I didn't. I don't know. I wanted it to be a special Christmas for you, too. And I feel like I it's just not even. Mm, That is a tough one. It was awkward. I felt bad. Yeah. I mean, he felt bad. It was just not maybe the best first Christmas. But then it continues to get better. Can I share more? I have another story. (laughs) Yes, please do. Please do. So then here we are. It is our wedding anniversary. Shoot. I can't remember which one it was. Maybe our fifth wedding anniversary. Okay. Okay. In the same month, I was nine months pregnant, weeks away Mm. from delivery Mm -hmm. of our first, of our daughter, Grace. And so Mm -hmm. my husband, that year for our anniversary... He presents me with a gift that he knows I am just going to love. It was an American Idol karaoke video game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. He knew that I liked the show American Idol. He thought uh-huh. that it would be 
fun. I would enjoy playing this video game. I don't know, with my newborn? I don't know. <laughs> In between nursing sessions. <laughs> I was like, this is a unique choice, Nate. Like, number one, it's not that great of a gift, like, period. <laughs> but then, like, I'm nine months pregnant. Like, on the verge of all of my oh, free time mate. being sucked up by somebody else. I don't know why I just can't get over this. I'm just trying to imagine your face as you open. <laughs> and I'm imagining Nate too. Sweet, sweet Nate. And he's like all expectantly like, well, what do you think? <laughs> I have more. I have another oh. one. <laughs> okay. So. It's my birthday, okay? This is a few years after the karaoke incident. It's my uh-huh. birthday. My husband is in a networking group for business individuals, and they're, like, required to make a certain number of referrals within the networking group. Well, okay. my husband, I don't know. He was, like, struggling to make referrals. He decided to, like, be his own referral. So for okay. my birthday, he bought a cake from somebody who was in the networking group. Does that make sense? Like, he Uh decided, like, he was going to shop from her because it was kind of, you know, required or whatever. Yeah, well, he was killing two birds Exactly, exactly. Actually, pretty smart, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty smart. He even gets it in my favorite flavor, which is lemon. I love lemon cake. I just do. delicious. Yeah, so he bought me a birthday cake. It's lemon. It's two-tiered cake that cost $100, we didn't have a birthday party. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) So he shows up with this huge cake that was like literally for Nate and I and our two young children. (laughs) And Nate doesn't like lemon cake. Oh, no. When I oh, found out it. that that cake cost a hundred dollars, I yeah, I about lost it. I was like, "What? What were you thinking? Why right. did you think that that was a good idea?" So yeah. something that yeah, I have yeah. learned about Nate is that he is like just so close to getting it right with <laughs> gifts. You know, I don't know. He's just like so close. He's gotten better over the years, and he has given me some very nice gifts. And honestly, we've really cut back on how much we even exchange gifts. We don't really right. exchange gifts at Christmas anymore. Usually, we're right. more craving, you know, having a date night and just being, mm-hmm. you know, alone together or doing something for the house, like choosing something together to invest in rather than just surprising each other with something. And that works really well for Nate and I, especially since his track history is, you know, just not. <laughs> yes. Bless it. Oh, so sweet. But you can really see that there was some thought there. Like there was yes. He was trying to connect the dots for sure. His intention so, is good. His yeah. follow through or carry out is just the execution mistake. There you go. Places. Execution. So, that's yeah. the word I was looking for. <laughs> A little off. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, I don't have I was really thinking, because we've talked about, okay, let's share some stories from our life. Rebecca, I really racked my brain. I could think of just a few examples, but mostly I am like a gift giver's worst nightmare in that I'm practical to the core. Like, I don't even want to be surprised. I will often just buy whatever I want. And when it shows up, I'm like, Kyle, here's my birthday gift from you. (laughs) And he's the same way. We are different in many, many, many ways. But in this one area... We are the same. Like, we just pick whatever we want and buy it. And then that's our birthday thing. And, like, neither of us actually even really want to be surprised. And for people in my life who like to do, you know, like, I'm going to pick the perfect thing for you can be really frustrating because I'm like, I don't know, like, get something, I guess. But I do have to say that I maybe trained myself early to not place a lot of emphasis on gifts because my mom, I love her. She is my hero. She is a living saint. I trust her advice and wisdom in every area of my life. I'm like one of those people I never went through, you know, that sort of stereotypical mother-daughter butting head stage. I never went through it. I've always adored my mom. But bless her heart, she's really bad at gifts. (laughs) She's like, 
she's practical on the other end. I'm practical in that, like, I'd rather just pick my thing and buy it. And there it is. She's practical in that she's like, I'm just going to go to the store and whatever this age person is into. And I will let the store tell me whatever that is. I'm going to buy it and give it. I don't understand. So So here's an example. I've always loved music. I've talked about music a lot on the show. I've always loved music. When I was in high school is when CDs started becoming a thing instead of cassette tapes. People, you know, CDs were the big thing. So when you're, I think I was maybe for my 15th birthday, my mom gave me for my birthday, and I was 15, 15 year old girl, the newest Aaron Neville album that had just come out and it was on CD. I don't know. And I was like, I don't know who that is. Okay. Well, he was like a, um, a sort of like soul singer, early R&B. Okay. Like my mother's generation okay. would have loved yeah. a new Aaron Neville yeah. album. I was, and I opened it and I was like, huh. And she had just like seen him on Good Morning America and was like, Aaron Neville has a new album. I'm going to give that to Megan for her birthday. <laughs> in one year, as part of a group of presents that she got my brother, he, my brother was like in college. She gave him a bagel slicer. Oh, <laughs> nice. Like, All right. So she's definitely, again, my mother is amazing in so many ways, but gifts, yeah. not so much. She's just kind of one of those that's just like, huh, it's your birthday. I got to get something, I'll, whatever I see when I'm out at the grocery store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it is such a blessing that you and Kyle are kind of on the same wavelength because I, I yes. think a lot of what we were hearing from listeners is those mismatched expectations. Yes. It's such a big deal. And I do think that especially when it comes to something as really intrinsic to how we experience love and attention from somebody we're in a relationship with, whether it is a romantic or like marriage relationship, parents and children, friends, a lot of the comments on that thread were about like, my best friend is a really, really great gift giver. And I'm not. And I always feel like she, you know, I always feel ashamed of myself because I can never give the gifts. And this kind of got us started thinking about gifts being one of the love languages. Now, Rebecca, you and I last talked about the five love languages, this concept of the five love languages, almost three years ago, way back in July of 2015, episode number 17 of Sorta Awesome. You're podcasting babies. (laughs) I know. I know. I almost went back to listen to it because I was like, maybe I should like refresh what we talked about. But no, I'm not going to listen to it. No. There's no telling. But that episode number 17 is called How to Build a Love-Filled Home. And now here's a time capsule moment. I was looking through the show notes for that. My Awesome of the Week was a Spotify Acoustic Covers playlist. Do you happen to remember, I'm sure you don't, what your Awesome of the Week that was that <laughs> no, week? No, I have no idea. It was a little podcast we were both loving from Gimlet Media called oh, Mystery, Mystery Show. show. <laughs> R.I.P. Mystery Show. It was so good. So good. Anyway, on that episode, we talked about the five love languages, which is this kind of framework for understanding how we both give love and receive love from others. It was created by Gary Chapman. It's a whole thing now. You can find tons of information on the internet and in bookstores and workshops and all of those things about the five love languages. But just as a recap, those five love languages are words of affirmation, quality time, affection, acts of service, and receiving gifts. So I have to admit that I have struggled to understand the people in my life who are receiving gifts types because gifts are a pretty low priority love language for me. Now, one of my children, one of my daughters, her tippy tippy top love language, I'm just sure of it, even though she's only 10, is receiving gifts. And so that's also kind of made it hard because of course she's a child. She's immature in the ways of relationship. And so her desire for receiving gifts, because she's, again, she's a kid, is childish. It's immature. And so then I get like really frustrated and frazzled and annoyed with the whole thing. But you know, Rebecca, when I was doing research and reading about this, because I really wanted to talk about receiving gifts as a love language, Over and over, I heard the same theme from people who they themselves have that as their primary love language is that they often feel misunderstood. They feel ashamed. They feel like people kind of pigeonhole them as being materialistic. It makes them feel awkward because they can sometimes, they can't help but to express disappointment when gift things fall short, but then 
that makes them feel a lot of shame. In my situation, my love language is words of affirmation. And so if somebody says something kind and encouraging to me, like I can just like really receive it in the moment, but it's like not attached to an occasion. Does that make sense? Yes. So there's not that added pressure that I feel like, I think that would be really hard for people with receiving gifts as their love language, because there's already an expectation around these events. And then the gift thing comes in and I can see how that would be hard. And for people who have gift oriented love language people in their life, they sometimes feel like ashamed, like they cannot seem to figure out how to really love those people well. But one thing that I kept hearing again in several different things that I was reading is that receiving gifts, people were saying it genuinely is about the thought or even the energy behind the gift that is given. And from what I understood them to say, when they're saying it's about the energy for gift people, it's it's a thing of like, even though I wasn't there with you to tell you, I like this, buy this for me. And maybe you were just happened to be out and I wasn't with you, but you saw something that reminded you of me. You thought of me and you got this thing for me. And so I mean enough for you to think of me when I'm not with you. And for it seems like what I'm hearing from love language people is that that's a really big key to understanding that it's not about spending a ton of money on them or buying them a bunch of stuff. It's that the energy behind it is like, you mean a lot to me. And I saw this thing and it reminded me of you and I got it for you. Does that sound right, Rebecca? Yes, most definitely. I have a close friend. We've been friends for years. Her name is Donna. She also happens to be a blogger, heydonna.com. And her love language is gifts. And I've had multiple conversations with her about her struggles with gifts being her main love language. And I told her that we were recording this and asked her permission to share some things. I said, what would you want the world to know about somebody who receives their love language through gifts? And it was exactly what you were saying. She says, you know, it is not the size of the gift that matters, but it's the quality and it's the thoughtfulness. And I've heard her say before, it's being thought of. Mm-hmm. It's I drove past Starbucks and I thought of you and know how much you love the certain drink. So I brought it home to surprise you. Yes. And she has said that, you know, smaller gifts more often is so much better than like one lavish gift a year. Yes. It's not about the monetary value. It's not about the splurge. It's not about the spoiling. And if you think about it, if your love language is words of affirmation, wouldn't you much rather hear something kind from your partner, significant other on a regular basis rather than saving up all of their kind words for one moment, like on your anniversary or on your birthday, and then they talk for an hour and say nice things? (laughs) Right. Yes, I mean, that would be so awkward. Yes. Or goodness sakes, physical touch, like, which is one of my main love languages. It means so much for me to have my husband just hold my hand when we're walking down the street. If he didn't touch me on my birthday, I mean, (laughs) what a disappointing life. (laughs) That is such a good way to look at it. I'm like actually having a little epiphany moment right now. That makes so much sense. She has also said that she has this guilty feeling. She told me that she has felt before that gifts is the worst of the love languages. Yeah. And that there is that shame to it. And I think part of it is the fact that it actually does cost something. You know, Mm. a kiss, a back massage, even acts of service, running the vacuum, quality time. They don't necessarily cost anything. And even she said that she thinks that words of affirmation must be like the best one because all you have to do is just say it. Now, we know that it's not just that easy. My husband's (laughs) also words of affirmation. And trust me, sometimes it's hard to just say it. Yeah, yeah. But like it doesn't take any extra time. It just takes the thought. But with gifts, you actually mm. have to go. You have to physically go somewhere, pick right. something out, take the time, take the money. And if you're going to, you know, wrap it, I mean, you don't have to. But, you know, there's just all this stuff that kind of goes with it. It's just more complicated than, you know, washing your husband's car for him with acts yes. of service. There's just more to it. And yeah. yeah, it's I feel for her. <laughs> I do. Right. The more I also have had a hard time relating to it, but the more that I talk to her about it, it really does make sense to me. Just this need to have been thought of, this need to be seen. And yes. hey, I can 
I wasn't going to share this, but a listener sent me a book in the mail recently. And I felt so heard and seen and known because she wanted to offer me her copy of the book, Bachelor Nation. Yes, I love that. Meg, it felt so special to me. And I think I can relate. I can see what it must feel like for people whose love language is gifts on a regular basis. It's that idea of, I know you would really find this special and I find you special and I find you worth the effort to go get it, to pay for it and to present it to you. Yes. Yes. It's so true. That is such a beautiful and helpful way to talk about this love language. I think people with this really strong preference for receiving gifts as their love language feeling frustrated or like ashamed or yeah, just feeling really misunderstood when it comes to this. And this is super helpful. I think that too, what I understand from people with this love language is that the more natural the gift is given, the more appreciated it is. Like you were saying, if it's not around the birthday or the anniversary or you know the graduation, whatever, if it's just a little daily thing, it's a natural thing that that sense of appreciation really comes through. And that can be frustrating for people who are trying to love on them because it's like, how do I know? What am I? I want to make you happy, but how can I just know what you would like? And so there's a sort of like, how can we meet each other halfway, which we'll talk about some practical ways to do that later. But something else that I really love as an idea, I don't know if this would work for everyone, but I do love as an idea for people who have this love language of finding ways that they can make sure that they're taking care of themselves in this way. And I think I've even mentioned this on the show in the past that I heard people say that they will do things like do a subscription to something that shows up pretty regularly, whether it's like a FabFitFun box or Ipsy or Book of the Month Club or something that where there's a like a little surprise that comes just for them that helps them to kind of take care of their own love need in that way by taking care of themselves. So there's lots of practical ways you can do it, but to be able to see somebody thought of me in this. And I think the flip side of that is when you're in a relationship with someone, again, any manner of relationship, friendship or whatever, when there's never any little token of, I see you, I know you, that can really be painful. I had not even thought about it in the way that you just said of like, what if Kyle only on my birthday every year told me everything that he, you know, loved about me or appreciated about me? That would be so painful and hard. I would feel like I was starving the whole year. Right. And so that's a very, very good insight. Awesomes, we all have that person in our family that tells the best stories from the hilarious job interview gone wrong to that funny first date that turned out to be the beginning of a wonderful relationship with their longtime spouse. These are the stories that we want to hang on to, to treasure in our families and to pass on to our kids and generations to come. And you can do exactly that with StoryWorth. StoryWorth makes it fun and easy for your loved ones to share their stories through weekly emailed story prompts. Here's how it works. You purchase a subscription for someone that you love, and each week StoryWorth sends them an email with a question about their life. They reply to the email with their story, or they can record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. All of the stories are kept private. They're only shared with the family that you choose. And then after a year, their stories are bound together in a beautiful keepsake book. It is a great gift for Mother's Day or Father's Day, especially for those last-minute shoppers like me. In fact, last year, we gave the gift of StoryWorth to my mother-in-law, and it has been so incredible to hear some of the stories that she's told, stories from her childhood about her mother who I never got to meet. Even though I've known my mother-in-law for well over 20 years now, some of the stories that she's shared because of StoryWorth are things that I had never heard her tell before. If you'd like to check out StoryWorth for someone in your life, you can get $20 off when you go to storyworth.com slash awesome when you subscribe. That's $20 off your subscription when you go to storyworth.com slash awesome. Thank you, StoryWorth. 
Awesome. So one of the things I've been working on in 2018 is breaking the habit of reaching for junk food when I get overwhelmed or busy or stressed. For me, the key is to keep the junk food out of the house and make sure I always have something fresh and healthy at my fingertips so I don't even have to think about making a healthy choice. That's why I love Daily Harvest. Daily Harvest arrives in perfectly portioned cups filled with frozen organic fruits and vegetables and it comes right to my door. Each cup stays fresh in my freezer and it can be prepared in just one step. All I have to do is add water or almond milk or whatever I'm in the mood for to the cup and then I blend it up and it's ready to go. With Daily Harvest, I can make myself an amazing meal or even a snack that's filled with delicious, whole food, real ingredients in just 30 seconds. The smoothies and the harvest bowls make a great healthy lunch or a little afternoon snack. If you'd like to check out Daily Harvest for yourself, you can go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code AWESOME to get three items free in your first box. That's promo code AWESOME for three free Daily Harvest cups when you go to daily-harvest.com daily dashharvest.com and enter promo code awesome. Let's talk about some of the ways to, once we know this, even just for people who have this as a love language, or even if they don't, maybe we can talk about some ways to assign positive intent when it comes to gifts and giving. One of the comments that one of our awesomes named Liz left on this thread as we were kind of talking about it, she said, receiving gifts is my love language. So I try to focus on how much joy I get out of giving and then set zero expectations on receiving. And that way, when someone gives me something I actually do love, it's the best kind of surprise. So we talk a lot on the show about how we can adjust our expectations. Now, you know, we wouldn't want to completely like erase ourselves out of the equation. I think it's still okay to own the fact like gifts are my love language. And I it, this means a lot to me, but kind of trying to figure out how to, but how does this look like lived out? So really looking for ways that we can say, like in the stories that you shared with Nate, (laughs) which are still just so cute to me. I love it. But like, just be like, I may be a little bummed about the karaoke video game, (laughs) but I can see where you were. I can track with where you were going with this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. The lemon cake was a fabulous gesture. Maybe a bit in excess with the size, but you even nailed it with the flavor. Right, (laughs) right, 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 right. So, yeah. So sometimes it's a matter of like really trying to reframe it. I think on the gift receiving end of this, too, if somebody in your life always does show up with really great gifts, to not like self-impose some kind of shame on top of that. Like if your best friend is really good at giving gifts, like just receive it well because if you are going into a weird place in your friendship because she gives you great gifts you're in a way you're kind of stealing some of her joy in picking out just the right gift for you does that make sense most definitely and that was actually something that came up when I was doing a little bit of gift giving and receiving etiquette was this Mm -hmm. idea that it's not supposed to be tit for tat there shouldn't be an obligation or an equalness that needs to come from it. Now, agreeing on an amount for a gift exchange, you know, like a like a set amount, like that's completely reasonable and manageable. But there really should be no pressure or expectation that, oh, well, they spent $200 on me. Now I need to spend $200 on them. It's all about the thoughtfulness behind the gift and the joy meant to be received rather than actually the amount of the gift. Absolutely. I think that is so true. And one of our other awesomes, Heather, chimed in. She said about this very topic, I'm terrible at giving gifts. So what I do instead is I will invite this friend over for dinner a lot or have a wine and cheese night. Or when we go out for coffee, I buy the coffees. I, you know, it's all on me. I treat her to, you know, these little treats along the way, which again, for a gift oriented person, that can feel like a gift of just like, here, let me take care of you in this. So sometimes it's okay to just be like, I mean, I'm bad at this part of it, but how can I really love you well? And definitely not projecting your angst onto it, especially in the moment of gift giving, (laughs) because that can really put a strain on any relationship for sure. One theme that I saw throughout the comments on that thread was about the idea of wish lists and people 
saying, oh, I just wish that people would shop off of my wish list. Instead, they get me things that just are not a good fit. And then other people saying, I just feel so offended when somebody hands me a wish list. It feels more like a shopping list. It sucks all the joy out of it. And there was so much of that on both sides that as I was reading through it, it was just like, you know what? Like, I think we all just need to chill out. (laughs) Nobody is handing you a wish list. Hopefully not. Let's assign positive intent here that nobody's handing you a wish list to say, I want your shopping experience to be terrible. This is the list that I'm giving to you. Right. No, let's assume that they're saying, hey, I'm trying to actually be helpful. Like maybe you're struggling. So here's some suggestions. And if somebody chooses not to shop off of a Christmas wish list or whatever, perhaps it's not that they are so stubborn and just always are refusing to go with any of your ideas or any of your like age appropriate suggestions for your children. Maybe it's more that they just get such great joy in the hunt and it's just what's fun for them. And they found something that made them think of your child or think of you and it's the intent behind it. Nobody's trying to hopefully (laughs) personally like attack with a wish list (laughs) in either direction. Right. Right. And I think, you know, as I'm sitting here, I'm sure that there are people that are like, well, you don't know my (laughs) mother-in-law. Right. I know. I know. Did you hear me backtracking just a little bit even as I was talking? Yeah. There are some people who are just grouchy. There are. But for the most part, it's not meant to be. Well, I think the whole key, the whole heart of assigning positive intent to go back to that very basic building block of healthy relationships, when you are assigning positive intent, you are saying, I am choosing to believe that each person in this situation is doing the best they can in this situation. Now, if you have a person in your life who consistently refuses to honor your ideas or wishes or wish lists or whatever and insists on doing things that way, well, there's probably a bigger issue there than this. And based on everything in their past history, their experiences, whatever has happened in their lives to make them the way they are. (laughs) That's what they're bringing to the table. And so positive intent says, I may not like what their best is and their best may feel hurtful or offensive to me, but I'm going to choose to believe that in this moment that they are doing the best they can with everything that they're bringing to the table. Now, Is there a time and place for honest conversation about this? Absolutely. Especially, I think, especially in the context of family relationships, where there's going to be a lot of gift giving occasions over time. It's a good idea to have some honest and and sometimes difficult conversations. But once those conversations are had, then you kind of have to say, okay, now we've talked about this and kind of move forward to the next step instead of letting it be a continual point of contention year after year. And that's where when you need to start adjusting your expectations, expecting somebody to respond one way and then they're consistently hitting you from the other side with something else. Well, eventually you need to expect to be hit from the other side, you know, like, yes, you need to stop expecting them. (laughs) Yes. To act how you would hope that they would, because Mm -hmm. clearly they're not. And so start expecting that and readjusting your expectations And, you know, you don't have to keep the gift in your home. (laughs) Well, I'll just go ahead and say this. I was going to talk about this because we're going to talk about gift etiquette. Yes. Donations, returns. What do you do when people in your life give your kids a bunch of cheap junk that you don't want in your house? I was going to save this, but we can go ahead and transition and start kind of talking about the etiquette. But I firmly believe this. I have held to this belief for years and it has served me well. Gift boundary in our house looks like the giver of the gift gets to decide what they want to give. They are the giver and they get, that's the power that they hold in this dynamic because they get to decide what they're going to give. They will either accommodate your preference or they won't, but they're their own human being and they get to make their own choices. And so that's that part of the dynamic. But you, as the manager of your home, whether you are a single person or whether you're married and have 10 kids, as the manager of your home, you get to decide what stays. Now, the thing is, if you're talking about people, especially giving your kids a lot of stuff, 
that you don't want in your house. This becomes a matter of cooperation as your kids get older. And this becomes a matter of inward work, I think, for all of us. I have had to come to grips with the fact that my kids prefer licensed cartoony character stuff over handmade Waldorf-style beautiful things. Oh, that struggle is real. (laughs) That's hard. My personal preference and my personal aesthetic is beautiful, handmade, timeless heirloom stuff. The twins' room is packed to overflowing with every Marvel comic book character, gadget, pajamas, whatever it is. If it has Hulk or Iron Man or Captain America on it, it's in their room right now. And I've had to untangle and like sort of like unhook from my attachment to beautiful toys because this is their childhood. And if that's what they love, if they love Marvel Universe comic book everything then they get to have that experience. And that's really hard, Rebecca. I could sit here and say it. It has involved a lot of internal work for me to get to this place. So I, I don't well, even have words to say because, yes, I've been there. <laughs> yes, it's, it, yes. <laughs> so where the cooperation comes in is as a family, like I feel like when they're little, little, let them play with it for a while. If it's loud, if it's disrupting the peace of your family, if you're highly sensitive like me in the, loud sirens or whatever drive you crazy that eventually you kind of cooperate together or when they're little I sometimes will just move it on out the door oops Um, I don't know where it went right (laughs) or you have boundaries around that toy that toy can only be played with in your room with the door closed whatever the thing is and then as they get older and older and older hopefully you're teaching them that they don't have to keep every single thing that they can kind of take a Marie Kondo inspired approach which I try to take try to not perfect at it, but try to take that approach of being like, this thing was given to me with love. It has served me as much as it can serve me. And now I'm going to release it into the world, (laughs) which is hard for me, but I hope to make it easier for my kids by helping them to see that you do not have to attach all of the feelings about your relationship to that person with the thing that they gave you. It's okay to pass that thing along and still have really good, happy feelings towards that person. So- most definitely. And in all of my etiquette research, never once did it come up that it is inappropriate to get rid of something. It always says, yes, you can donate. Yes, you can re-gift as long as there is no threat of the new gift receiver having any hint of its original origin. And there was no comments anywhere of sentimentalness and the need to keep something simply because of who gave it to you. It's just not a thing. I mean, it's obviously it's a thing that we struggle with. But as far as like the rules, it's not a thing. Just keep what you want. Get rid of what Mm. you don't. And I read somewhere that the giving of a gift receipt with any gift should be seen as permission to to do whatever you want with that gift. Totally exchange it. Different color, different size, completely different product. That little gift receipt is a free ticket to do whatever you want with it. And it's also highly recommended as a gift giver to always include one. I do include the gift receipt because I appreciate them so much, especially when it comes to kids stuff, because you just never know. You know, when my kids get invited to birthdays, I'm like, I don't know. What are eight-year-old girls into right now? I can tell you, you know, what my kids were into at that age. I don't know. So I'm going to make my best guess at a gift, and then I'm going to give you the gift receipt. So you guys can go have a little shopping spree if you want to, if this wasn't quite the right fit. So so another issue that came up frequently in my research is when somebody gives you a gift, perhaps around the holidays, and you don't have one to give to them in return. And that awkwardness of, oh, shoot. So the proper thing to do is simply just to smile and say thank you and receive the gift. You are not supposed to say, oh, I feel so bad. I don't have anything for you. And you're certainly not supposed to like scrummage around and like find something (laughs) in your closet and pass it off. Here, I've been waiting for just the right time to re-gift this thing. Let me wrap it really fast. So just receive it as a blessing and just say thank you. And you may feel awkward on the inside. No need to make it awkward on the outside. Don't do that. Again, it's gifts don't have to be equal all the time. You know, just just receive the joy from it and don't say, oh, shoot. I mean, what are they yeah. supposed to say anyway? Oh, I, I know. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's so true. It does bring the awkward to the outside if you do that. <laughs> yes. I know I've done that before. So now I'm going to stop doing that for sure. Okay. So we wanted to talk about what are some practical ways that we can help each other in the gift giving arena, whether it's helping the grandparents of our children shop for them, or maybe we're, you know, getting married and what do registries look like these days? There's thank goodness for technology. There's so many ways we can help each other out in the realm of gifts and gift giving. So I know Rebecca, you and I both enjoy Pinterest. It's a fun way to keep track of things that we're into. I love a Pinterest board. I have done this, even though we mostly buy our own gifts and just go like, hey, we did this on the rare occasion that Kyle has been like, this thing's coming up. What do you want? I'll do like a little quick Pinterest board. Key is make sure that the links are active and working. Some You cannot just trust Pinterest if you're like, oh, here, I'm going to search this thing on here and I'll pin it on the board. No, 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 no. Links rarely work. <laughs> Right. Especially if you're handing it off to someone who, number one, isn't maybe tech savvy in general, and number two, doesn't use Pinterest a lot, like, for example, your husband. Make sure that it's actually usable and not a source of frustration. But I love a Pinterest board because you can collect things from all over the place on there. Even if you're just like, you know, I don't even know what occasion this might be for, but if you just wanted to give general ideas, even if it's not like an actual wish list, but you're just giving ideas. I think Pinterest boards are a great way to do that. But I know you have some other ideas too, Rebecca. Well, I'm really loving Amazon's wish lists. So you can create an Amazon baby registry, wedding registry, but you can just create a general wish list and you can have multiple lists. So I have a list for myself. I have a list for recently we just had Isaac's birthday and my son Noah's birthday. I created wish lists just for those. Your list can be public or private. So I also have a wish list for my children that is private, that nobody can see, that is some a place where I just, as I run across something, I think, oh, well, maybe for a future holiday or something, I might use this. But the thing about wish lists on Amazon that is so fantastic, not only can you have multiples, they can be public, it can be private, you can add Amazon products to them, of course, but you can also add ideas that are not specific products. So there's a place where you can type in, I want, and then you can say whatever. So for Isaac's birthday, I put in summer clothes, 12 to 18 months or 18 months. And I didn't have a specific thing, but I just, when the grandparents went to the list, they could see, oh, well, he also could use some summer clothes. And then I also included one that said, Isaac does not need... (laughs) And maybe this was like a little bit tacky, but you know, it's a first birthday and I feel like there are some like go-to birthday gifts for first birthdays. And there were some things that we were really stocked up on. So I included that Isaac did not need any bibs. He did not need any diapers and he did not need any bath toys. And the bath toys I had on there because we actually were giving him some brand new bath toys. Hmm. And then, you know, that just would have been too much. But for any of the items, you can... Also include a link. So if you want to link to a product on a different website, you can include that in the comments. And then on a computer or laptop, I don't think you can do it on mobile, but on a computer or laptop, you can copy and paste that link and it would take you over to another site Mm. to get it. Mm -hmm. You can add comments for items. You can also add a priority for the items that this is your highest priority that you really want this the most. This is the lowest. Yes. And then when you're filtering the list to see what has been purchased and what has not been purchased, Amazon will actually hide the purchased things. And there's a little button that you can click on that says, spoil my surprise. Well, look at that. So if you don't want to actually know what is being purchased off your list, there's no risk there. Amazon won't tell you that until you specifically say, hey, yes, go ahead, spoil my surprise. I want to know what was purchased. That is amazing. I use, okay, we do use Amazon wish lists around here. Very like, I feel like we're completely primitive how we've been using them. They are not advanced like this. I just, especially when the girls have a birthday coming up, I'll say, make a wish list of what you're into. It doesn't have to be the specific thing. But I had no idea there was all those functions on there and all of those different options. That's amazing. I super love being able to say, we don't need this, especially when it comes to kids stuff. And sometimes for like, say for a grandparent who loves to go do shopping, 
just being able to say we are all set on clothes and you know whatever and marvel action heroes (laughs) please lord help us and then they can just feel like okay except for these things then the sky's the limit and i can go have my fun do my shopping day but i'm just not going to get these things so that's super helpful i love that so great okay well We have been talking your ear off for an hour about all things gifts and giving, trying to troubleshoot some of these gift giving woes. We would love to hear your follow-ups. Hey, gift receiving love language people, did we get you right? Come and tell us or correct us if you need to. We did our best, but come and tell us if we got you right, if we understood you, if we saw you in your gift giving love language. Rebecca, remind everybody where they can find you all around the web. Well, my blog is simplyrebecca.com, and that's where I write about parenting, homemaking, natural living, saving money. And then you can also find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Simply Rebecca. Thank you. I am at Sorta Awesome Meg on Twitter and Instagram. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod, and you can always find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Prager's music at pragermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to SortaAwesomeShow.com. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.